Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, my name is Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast. Alongside me, just like every week, is Manager Jacob. And also, you are all, you know, we're blessed with the sound of rainfall, I guess, for today's episode. We're unsure if you can actually hear it or not. There's a downpour outside. Like, downpour. Like, we can, it's very distracting. It's very it. pitter-patter. It's yeah. giving ASMR. It is. It's giving the little, like, tippy-tappies a little I'm bit. actually getting, uh, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. <laughs> Surprisingly, I have hairs back Yeah. There. I was going to say, it's not that type of podcast, but I guess today it might be. So if you can hear rain, it actually might be beautiful and sunny where you are, but there is a torrential downpour thunderstorm happening here when we are recording this podcast. But with that being said, I don't really care about the thunderstorm. What I do care about, Jacob, is what are you drinking or eating this week? Sarah, it's summertime and we're, I don't know if we're in the heart of it, the middle of it, but it's- Unfortunately, I think we are in the middle of it. Peach season, no. It is peach season. Yeah, so you're in the middle of summer, so you're kind of on the back half of it, but- you know, that brings along the fruits of Ontario peaches. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to necessarily give a, a shout out to Ontario peaches, like the, I don't know, the, the consortium farmers? that lobbies on behalf of, maybe I do. I don't know. I don't think we have anything against peaches. No. I, well, or peach all farmers? I want to say Would is they that I love farmers? all peaches equally, no matter okay. if they're from Ontario or somewhere else. Got it. I just happen to be eating Ontario peaches these days. Got it. Whew, there's <gasps> nothing like a peach cobbler. A regular peach? I don't think I've ever had a peach cobbler before. Do you eat peaches? So I was just going to say, I don't normally, but I just had an incredible peach ricotta bruschetta the other oh. day at Italy. It was amazing. Oh, okay. It was so yummy. See, this is what I'm saying. You can eat peaches on their own. You can eat the des- classic desserts, or they can just like add a little something extra to like a summer salad or something mm-hmm. like that. So you know what? That's what I've been consuming. Peaches. I think it's like 
in season. It's just delicious. So. Not your pe- peaches from Georgia. Your peaches from Ontario. Yeah, well, I've been listening to the song too. Yeah, of course you have. Been. What about you? What have you been uh, drinking or eating this week? So I was blessed earlier this year when an aroma coffee opened up in my neighborhood. Oh. Uh, I had seen the sign for about three years since I've lived there, and then it finally opened up this year. And I love aroma. Their sandwiches are so good. Whatever. But I've recently become obsessed with the iced aroma. It's like what they're known for. It's like their version of an ice cap. Okay. It is so yummy. Does not taste like sugary and fake and whatever like an ice cap does. Yeah. It is so delicious. I don't even know what the flavors are, but it's so yummy. And is this the place where you get like the little chocolate? Yep. With your, every single time uh, you yeah, get a little treat. I'm not a big classy. chocolate person, but like I bring the chocolates home and Nolan needs it. But yeah, we oh, get a little chocolate so with him. Okay. Yeah. I love aroma. I'll try that. Yeah. What about uh, what are we watching or reading this week? And I know from looking at it before, <laughs> I think we have the same one. We have the same answer. Ready? Three, two, one. The, the bear. bear. Season two. Holy shit. Wow. They act, we, okay, so Jacob and I had a meeting before this and we purposely did not talk about yeah, the episode or the it. season because we want to save it. I thought the season was better than last season. I did too. And I was like, okay, Which the is first shocking. season was so good. Yeah. And it's it's wild when you see a first season of a new show yeah. uh, come out and just like it got a lot of critical acclaim. The cast is great. Yeah. Uh, the writing was great. And just like the production of the first season was fantastic. So you're like, oh, how is the second season going to go? I agree. I think it's just as well, good and better. And then you can also tell that it's got so much like outward acclaim because of the guest stars that were on this season. Okay. Same. You've got, like, the, Jamie Lee the Curtis. Christmas episode alone. Unbelievable. Also, Gillian Jacobs. Uh, Bob John Odenkirk. Mulaney. John Mulaney. Oh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, I know. It's stacked. Sarah Paulson. Like, yeah. It was, cra- it was crazy. And they were all so good. They were Jamie all Jamie Lee Curtis. So unbelievable. Like, she could win an Emmy I, that's as what a I guest said. Actor. I was halfway through that Christmas episode, and I was just like, I wouldn't be surprised if she wins an Emmy just for this episode It was alone. incredible. If you haven't watched The Bear yet, you can watch it on Disney Plus in Canada. Now season two is fully streamed. It took a little while for it to get there, but now you can watch season one and two. I highly recommend it. If you like a feel-good show like Ted Lasso. Look, it's not as like, it's different than Ted Lasso, but it's the same feeling you yes. get when you watch it. Like, Especially the last three episodes where you of fall this in season. Love the with Taylor the Swift kid. moment. Yeah, I know. Like, I Richie. couldn't help. I was like, not not, not crying, but like, but like it's, yeah, you're it's just, a giddy moment. Exactly. You learn to love these characters. You, you love their flaws. You love their character arc. And it's just such, it's one of the best shows that I've like watched in recent years. And go watch The Bear if you haven't already. Season two is incredible. And I'm okay if they're going to win all the Emmys. They should. It'll be like them in succession winning everything. Okay, also, the music direction is so good so on the show. Good. And I, what did I say off the first episode, watching the first couple of episodes, the um, costume. It's just like, it's so it's good. Like, I don't even know what you call it, but like it's styling, I yeah. guess, because it's just, you know, making the costumes, but also really, really good. Every, like there's nothing, and also Maddie Matheson is in this season way more. You can tell they and like really, good. and he's really he's good. Really good. It's, I literally watch enough to forget that he's a chef first, not an actor first. Yeah. Which and is a good way to put it. Surprising he's not front of house, you know? No yeah. spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But go watch The Bear. This is your sign too. With that, Jacob, what are we listening to this week? Okay, I'm actually excited. You kind of turned me on to, the, not to this artist, but. I was going to say, I do not know who this person the is. The idea <laughs> of like a show's coming up. You got to go through the, the the back catalog of an artist. Oh, yes. Okay. So I actually really like this artist. I discovered him in the pandemic. Hobo Johnson. He's like marketed as a vocalist because sometimes it's a little rappy, sometimes it's a little singy, sometimes oh, it's a little talky over just like some interesting beats and music and whatnot. Uh, it's, it sounds a little cliche, but I would even call him like a modern poet of a sorts. Interesting. Because his, his, he just has, I don't know, I just find him really interesting. And from the clips that I've seen on social media and YouTube and whatnot, his live shows look really, really 
good as well. Mm-hmm. Really engaging with the audience. So are you going to see him live? Is yes. that why you're listening to Yes, so I'm to going okay. to see him in a week uh, or when this come out, I've probably just seen him and I'm super excited about it because he was one of the artists that like I listened to so much in the pandemic when there was mm, really true. nothing else going on. Uh, then I'm like, I'd love to see that guy live one day. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden opportunity strikes and here I am. So I've taken. just been doing what, what you kind of do a lot is if you have a show coming up, really dive into yeah. all their music. So you know what's going on. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm listening to a lot of Maggie Rogers cause I'm seeing her. Well, when this comes out, I'll be seeing her the next night. I am very excited. I've never seen her live before. Okay, I was going to say she, go ahead. Is she good? I, You've seen I her? think that she is better live. Okay. Than uh on the records oh well i love that okay great yeah i'm seeing her uh next week and i'm very excited about it so i'm going back and listening to like all of her older stuff um i like i don't care about being surprised by set lists like i want to know what songs i'm going to hear so i'll just listen to the set list for the next two weeks of like what her set list is and then i'll know all the songs yeah oh so good when i saw her she did i think a neil young cover (gasps) i don't know if she's still doing covers as part of she does a couple still her she just has such an, a unique uh not just voice mm-hmm. but like a unique way of making a song her own too yeah. that when i heard that neil young cover i was like well this I'm is so, so good excited. it's a good show good jacob approve we love to see it Today we're joined by not only one of my dearest friends, but someone I immensely look up to. Jade Watson is the founder and executive producer of Sickbird Productions, a full-service production company specializing in digital unscripted content based out of Los Angeles. From university bar nights to TIFF parties and watching her growing media empire, I'm so lucky to not only call Jade a friend, but to have her here on Talking Fast. Please welcome Jade Watson. Hi. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Thanks I'm for so having me. I'm so excited too. This is not the first time we've done a podcast together, actually. No. We did one in my living room in the pandemic. <laughs> 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 This is way nicer. <laughs> we have a whole studio and set up. I'm Stepped really it up impressed. A little bit. That one yeah. was like good. And it's like we were sitting cross-legged, yeah. just like staring into each other's eyes, chatting. So that was like, it was like, it was still good. It was just different. Yeah. This is like way more legit. This is also not the first time we've started a podcast where you mentioned university bar nights with an old friend. But that's what always happens. I've like, honestly, like the, how I met Jade was because of our friend Kate. They were working on a practicum project together and they came to my bar night that I was hosting when I worked for Budweiser to talk to my boss at Budweiser. And I've never, that's when I was like, like knew you were going to be successful in life because you networked unlike anybody else I'd ever seen in my life before. Really? At that I yeah, I was like, oh. I literally was like, who? I'd never met you before. I was like, who is this girl? And Kate's like, that's Jade. That's why I brought her. And it was amazing. Like just I watching. I don't even work. remember. Doing that. I know, I know. It's like something that's probably like so minor for you, but like for me, core I was memory. Just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's because the first name we met. But uh, so I mentioned the intro that you own operate sick bird productions out in los angeles so i want to start off by maybe you giving a lay of the land what is sick bird and how you started a company in another country because you are from here so that's kind of crazy yeah so born and raised in toronto um i started sick bird in 2019 so four years ago now Mm -hmm. um kind of how i was able to start was i basically you know started my career in toronto i did a program called 
RTA in LA, which is basically like a UCLA extension program. Um, and then after I did that extension program, I was doing a ton of networking with different um, people that had come in to speak with our class. And I met someone who worked at Time Magazine. I ended up getting an internship there, worked there for three months, and then had this like very dramatic like mm-hmm. whole situation where they were like, there's one job for the interns and like, you know, someone's going to get it. And I it did like three rounds of interviews, end up getting the job. And then I'm packing my stuff, like ready to go work in New York City. I'm so excited. And I get a call from HR being like, you're so junior that they won't fund your visa. So sorry. Goodbye. No. <laughs> and like it, it took them three rounds. Like even yeah, three interview- rounds of interviews. Everyone realize. interviewed me. I had like briefly, you know, I'd accepted uh, a verbal offer from uh, like the head of digital uh, content at time. Basically, my role was going to be, you know, being his day to day assistant, like the head of all digital. And before that, I was taking magazine articles and turning them into digital videos to be monetized on Facebook and Instagram and all those different platforms. But it was very dramatic, like going from spending all of my money living and working in New York, making like $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. So the way that I could afford to do it was I had worked at bars in Toronto like my whole life. And so I ended up saving all of that money spending it to afford rent basically living off of that $12 an hour and then when I accepted the offer I was super excited because I was like okay this is a real like salaried position like this Mm -hmm. is so exciting Um, but it was just so low that for them like going through the full H-1B visa process like just wasn't worth it for an assistant level position they could find someone else so I went from working in the World Trade Center building to them being in like my parents' basement, like very quickly. <laughs> That's literally like and it was to zero. Very overnight. humbling. Yeah, it was very, very humbling. And so after I had that happen, I was like, okay, I'm going to like learn the visa process. I'm going to figure this mm-hmm. out. I still really wanted to go work in the US because obviously I love uh, Toronto so much, but I just wanted to like experience what maybe a bigger market would look like. So um, I researched what the visa process could be for me and what was realistic given like my education level and given, um, you know, my background. So I found out that you can get this thing called a TN visa, uh, you know, obviously in graphic design, which was close because I have a degree in media production. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to get a TN graphic design visa working at a VC firm in uh, Los Angeles. So then that brought me out to LA. That was basically like a glorified sort of like MBA program where I was able to go in and learn about how a ton of different businesses were, you know, created and how businesses run and like, you know, what it means to create content for a ton of different startups. So I did that for two years. Um, and then after I did that, I was like, well, I kind of want to be able to not have to be like locked into this one thing and like mm-hmm. have to be locked into like this one company because the way it works when you have a visa is, you know, you are sponsored and basically a company will like sponsor you and like represent your visa. But if you ever want to take on freelance freelance work, you're technically not mm-hmm. really able right. to. It has to all run through one entity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to happen long term because if you know, like, God forbid the company went under or something happened, like, I'll Mm -hmm. lose my visa. So I started researching what it would mean to start a company because then I could take on more clients. I could go in whatever lane I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, like, that would give me, like, so much more freedom. And then, like, your your livelihood of where you live is dependent on yourself and not on the company you work for. 100%. It was, like, so much more empowering. And for me, it was, like, I never was, like, oh, I want to be this, like, business owner. Like, that really wasn't Mm -hmm. it. I just wanted, like, the freedom Mm -hmm. that comes along with it to be able to be, like, okay, like, I can choose where I live. I can choose what projects I do. I can choose what clients I work with. And then I can choose like the people around me. So that was really exciting. And then I also could choose like the mission and like what we want to represent and what we want to do. So 
basically a really good friend of mine um, had done something similar where she had started a company. She was from the UK and I couldn't afford any legal fees at the time because I was like, you know, still really early in my career. Mm -hmm. The legal fees were like going to be 10 grand or something like that. And I was just like, that was not feasible for me. And so what I did was she ended up sending me like her visa application and then I basically studied it and then applied like all of my own like sort of best practices. Like so. And that's what a lawyer would have put together for her. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it was like, okay, she basically sent me like probably 80 pages worth of stuff that a lawyer had put together for her. She had got her visa and then she shared it with me. Obviously, the average person would never do that. We were like best friends. Yeah. So it was very nice of her to like show me all this personal information. But what I then did was like I studied it and then I like put my own company spin on it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, if you need to have a certain number of clients say yes before you start the company, what does that look like for me? And who can I get as my clients? Mm -hmm. And like how big do they need to be if I need to show that? okay, we're going to make a certain amount of hires right away. Like, what does that look like? So I was able to pull like a template and kind of go from there. But it took so much time. Like, I remember doing my day job from like nine to five and then like six till 10 every night, I'd be like figuring out the visa. Yeah. And maybe to your credit, though, like granted, not a lot of people would maybe share that with their friends. But I also think on the other side, probably not a lot of people would look at an 80 page document and say, let me sit down and study this. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always had a mind like that to really maybe not dive into the paperwork side of it, but to be in control of, I guess, your own future? Yeah, I was really desperate. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I was. But that's so crazy. That, like, that's like something you have to do for like, I mean, we all know that working in the States, like even when we were in school. So mm-hmm. again, like we all went to the RTA School of Media. Uh, it's like this thing, like, oh, like working in the States and oh, the visa and the word visa is just thrown around so much. So even the fact that like you took into control like your own, like I'm going to learn this system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like by like learning the whole visa process, like the back of your hand and the different visas you've even had or the process that you've gone through, I'm sure that would have helped when you were hiring for Sickbird as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would say like it was really nice because I started with a really clear plan. Mm -hmm. And so obviously things like will change and evolve as you start a business. But that was nice because I'm like, okay, I've just like done all of this insane preparation (laughs) and like, you know, talked this big game to this visa officer. And like if I don't, you know, execute on this and if I go to renew it, I'm going to get denied. So like that's also the other thing too. So you have to then like, you know, do what you say you're going to do. And then because when you go to reapply after five years, it's kind of like if you're not moving in the trajectory you say you were going to, it's going to raise questions. And then it was like, what was the point of coming through an 80 page article? Yeah, then it just becomes a big fat, not worth it situation. <laughs> so what was what was, I guess, the core of that plan, though? And then has it panned out the way that you you have kind of hoped? Yeah, I mean, I went generic enough where it was like, we're going to have a decent amount of revenue from clients coming in, which panned out fine. Um, You know, I would say that I'm not creating a company that's like insanely like it's not rocket science at all. It's very much like, you know, we're a production company. We work as a service business and then we create IP. Like it's very, very simple. Like there are a lot of other companies that do this. The reason why we're different is because we have like a mission to like highlight women in diverse stories. Right. Like that's very simply Mm -hmm. like what we're doing. So I think for us, you know, our model is unique because we reinvest profits of like what we're making from brands and businesses into our original IP. So it allows us to have like fun and like, you know, get creative. But the day-to-day operations are very simple. Like it's not like we're reinventing any crazy production 
maybe you can talk about it a little bit the importance of elevating maybe different voices mm-hmm. that are underrepresented in media where does that come from for you yeah I think it's just fun like quite honestly I mean for us we I've always had like a fascination of like learning about the world through you know other perspectives and like mm-hmm. unique storytelling and that's always been really interesting to me and like I you know try to like travel to different places and like you know, talk to people with different perspectives. And that to me just like, you know, paints a little bit of a wider lens in the world, which is really interesting and fun. So it's not, you know, anything overly political. It's not anything, you know, to get on some sort of like high horse with. It's more so just, I enjoy like learning about other people's perspectives. And I find that it's interesting for me. So, you know, with that being said, what fun content can we make around that? And that's probably the best way to approach it too, right? Because I think that a lot of maybe even like traditional media companies, a lot of the time are like, yeah, kind of move (laughs) toward like being more uh, open to diverse voices and whatnot from the perspective of like tokenism. Like how can we work in some of the, like different people into our existing slate without actually being, passionate about uh the stories that are mm-hmm. interesting well then to it's be just told. like inherently more authentic because it's just like natural curiosity I mean. yeah. natural curiosity versus mm-hmm. forced mandates yeah exactly. exactly exactly what's been the hardest part about being a like so when you were by yourself you're like combing through these 80 pages mm-hmm. now you have like employees and people that work for you and depend on you and um you have all these clients what's been the hardest part though about being a founder i love that question i think it's probably the balance between hiring the right people and then having the perfect client workflow at the same time Mm, like that balance like no one really thinks of that so it's like okay we maybe have like an a plus team member on you know our team at the moment right but if we don't have the work for them that's going to motivate them and empower them and keep them wanting more and get them excited about the company, like they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, we could nail the best client in the world. But if we don't have the right team on standby, like we're not going to execute well. So it's like this weird thing of trying to yeah. be in the perfect like, OK, you're pitching yourself as this amazing company. And then when you finally get this work, like you need to make sure that you're ready for it. And like also like clients needs and, and you know, markets change right so like we were in a recession and like that obviously affected our business because content spending went down and so you know how do we keep our dream team together and like readjust things so it's like that weird balance of like Mm -hmm. you know we have amazing clients that we work with and we have amazing team members but it's like having both of them on this like perfect sort of like tray how do you balance that like what what does that look like yeah so basically we work with uh, clients and try to do year-long deals which is like really untraditional uh especially like given uh what normal agencies will do like three month deals, six month deals. But Mm -hmm. we, you know, we'll start off with a three month deal with our clients and then they'll get to know us and love working with us. And then from there, like we try to get them to commit to at least a year long deal because that way we really can have the best, best, best team behind them. And when my team has stability and they feel like, you know, they know that we're growing and we all have the same ideas and we all have the same goals for the account and that it's not just going to go away or be renegotiated like we can move from a place of like longevity and success um and that's really like how we you know try our best to give some level of stability to the team uh so one of the main areas where you guys create original content is in the podcast space obviously because we are a podcast we want to talk about it um and one of your most successful shows has been petty crimes which like i feel like you're posting a new article that they're featured in like every other week it feels like which is so crazy um i guess my first question is why the podcast space yeah i like podcasts 
and kudos to you for starting one because it's really hard um but i love podcasts because i think uh long-form discussions are really you know interesting and i like the idea of how intimate it feels Mm -hmm. like you can like listen to a podcast when you're in the car by yourself it feels like you're kind of like talking to a friend or like you know if you're folding laundry or going to the gym or whatever that looks like i just think that podcasts really allow you to sort of like have this extra level of intimacy with an audience that isn't always there um i'm sure you feel like this too like Mm -hmm. if you compare podcasting to let's say tiktok i feel like the podcast audience who listens to you probably knows so much more about your life you know compared to like just a quick tiktok video right like this you're able to have more like in-depth conversations and open up a little bit i always say it's like my more authentic version of myself that you're seeing not that i'm like inherently inauthentic but it's like it's gonna happen like you're cutting down an entire day into a one minute video like you're cutting out a you're lot of the middle stuff the for sure it's a highlight yeah, reel. Yeah. whether you're trying to make it look like one or not it is a highlight reel mm-hmm. so it's it's you know your most like true version of a person when you have to have them sit down and talk for 40 minutes as opposed to one minute mm-hmm. so then maybe you talk about petty crimes a bit because maybe talk about the concept of it and like i think it's so clever and then how did you know that like this show was going to be like a like hit it up the park like a home run totally well so when we were ready to like when we had enough money to start the network it was like okay Mm -hmm. we'd had about a year or two of working with clients we saved up enough internally to be like okay we're ready to like pay for a producer to come on and like actually help and manage this we can pay an editor to help and manage this we can invest in like the gear internally so like we did all of that and then uh bella on my team she's an amazing producer she went through and basically i was like look i want to be working with uh some really young fun creative people who already have a following online but we can leverage their following for marketing right so like podcast marketing Mm -hmm. and so she went in and did a deep dive and grabbed like a list of really interesting names from people that were in the tiktok space on the instagram space all Mm -hmm. of it and so we then started doing like screening calls with like a ton of different creators just to kind of get to know them and see if we wanted to fund their show um we ended up meeting this amazing creator named kira o'sullivan who had these like hilarious skits and she actually came to us so polished she was like look I actually went to school with someone named Griff we're really really good friends um you know we have really opposing perspectives on a lot of things and we're really into petty drama why don't we do something where look we will you know get people to write in every single week the most like petty crazy drama that they can he and i will deliberate uh, and kind of discuss it and then we will give it a verdict whether it's criminal or minimal and they'll all they go through everyone they say who's wrong they say who's right and it's just really funny and lighthearted. and it's mm-hmm. kind of like our comedic take on true crime so obviously like true crime podcasts are blowing up but people who really wanted that true crime feeling with a little bit more of like a comedic twist love mm-hmm. petty crimes um and then kira it was crazy because we basically signed kira a year ago mm-hmm. and like six months into our show she got cast as a writer on snl and still was doing the podcast with us because what happened was we had a whole team like ready to like make this as easy as it could be for her mm-hmm. we had a producer on standby we have editors like we had the whole thing people making clips and that was done so that like the creators could come and really just focus on being good hosts right so that was what we kind of brought to the table as a production company and then they brought the marketing and sort mm-hmm. of like creative it's such a simple concept it's so funny because like so especially simple. with like podcasts too like some people are like there's too many podcasts but whatever but it's like yeah. no one was doing that still yet it's Mm-mm. such a simple concept 
which makes it. Do you think like, that's cool. the idea? Is being more simple because the the question that everyone asks is like, why do you need another podcast? Because mm-hmm. there are just so many out there. But maybe that's it, right? Is like finding the right idea. Well, I'll even talk about what didn't go well on our shows. So like we launched another podcast called Rebranding and like I loved, 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 loved the creator of it named Daniel Bennett. He was absolutely amazing. But what we noticed was his show concept was like just interviewing different TikTokers. Like that was his Mm. full show concept. But what happened was because every different like TikToker who came on had such a different audience, it was like people weren't sticking through and staying. Mm -hmm. He had his main like core audience, which was fantastic. But what people come to every single week is like Kira and Griff's like witty banter. Like they Mm -hmm. know what they're going to get. They know it's going to be funny. Similar to you guys, how like you guys will have like banter and like you guys balance each other out well. That's what we got with Petty Crimes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think people go to is like, if a show is just simply a guest-based podcast, it won't work. But if you have like a, dynamic that people enjoy that's what they'll come back to well it's like always having that like rtr right that reason to return like you need like the 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 thing that's gonna make people want to come back and not Mm -hmm. just like because i in the same way how many podcasts have we all listened to where it's like oh like I don't know, X singer who you listen to never goes on podcasts, but they go on this one. So you'll, mm-hmm. you'll listen yeah. to that one episode and then you'll dip out. Yeah, so exactly. I think it's, uh, yeah, having like a strong reason to return and just like, a, you're right, a good dynamic is like what makes it perfect. Also, I think podcasts, like all content, you evolve as a person and what you want to listen yeah. to. I don't listen to the same shows I listened to five years ago when I started listening to podcasts. And like, there was show, like shows that I listened to that I like, went to their tours and all that stuff, but I would like, wouldn't be able to tell you what they're doing now because I don't listen anymore. So people evolve too. So I think it's like, as long as there's new content always coming out, then people will. Yeah, and speaking that. of, I guess, evolving as well. So talking about challenges and maybe what didn't go well in that show, have there been other pivots with like maybe your career or the company in general where you've had to change based on maybe market forces or what people are buying or, you know, things like that? Yeah, I mean, well, like TikTok didn't exist when I started the company, right? And now it's like one of our, you know, key sources of revenue is like creating TikTok content for brands and businesses. Um, another thing too is like Snapchat as a company. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of our revenue coming from Snapchat Discover pages. And, you know, we're noticing that the accounts that were starting had started early that were grandfathered in are doing really, really well. But then the market is slowly becoming saturated. So we're figuring out how to sell ads across our Snapchat shows and not just rely on you know that platform to generate revenue so the thing that changes the most is like all the platforms change right Right. so like when algorithms change or when your you know revenue is reliant on like you know data analytics and views from a platform like as soon as those platforms change inherently your business needs to change as well so you know for us like i've pivoted to make sure that we're working with different companies that rely on content as a part of their business so it's harder for them to just sort of like cut ties with us because they need content whereas other companies like smaller cpg brands like maybe don't need content as much as a part of their core business as you know someone like a universal like we work for Mm -hmm. example doing like all of the diversity equity and inclusion content across universal uh pictures and like for them content is such a core part of their business and they've dedicated um budgets to it so it's a lot more secure than like let's say a random cpg brand obviously like as part of one of the core pillars of sickbird in general is like giving a voice to like people that might not otherwise have mm-hmm. one but you also whether you like realize it or not you inherently are giving one to like female founders and it's way less common in especially the production space which is why and especially you doing it in another country so what advice would you give to somebody that's like a young woman that's listening to this and maybe they have an idea or like something they want to start um and how they get over that imposter syndrome if you had any or that like that fear of becoming a female founder 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I never... Pri- it's so weird because, like, I never prioritize like being a founder or thought of being a founder as like this scary thing because it was like a means to like somewhere else it was like Mm -hmm. okay how am I going to live in LA and basically have the freedom to take on projects that I want being a founder just like fell into that it wasn't like a oh I need to like start my own business and like you know become a founder and do all these things it was like sort of like a weird like circular way to get to something that I just knew I wanted yeah so it wasn't like this big thing that had a ton of weight and ever since I like didn't feel that way it came really easily because I didn't put pressure on it so like Mm. there's no need to be like you know I need to be a founder and do all this and that it's like take the pressure off of it you're basically just accomplishing a goal you know what I mean and think Mm -hmm. of it as that and I wouldn't put all this weight around that title and have that feel really scary because it's really, you know, there are executives on my team that do way more work than me some days. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, just because you're running a company doesn't mean that you're always necessarily going to be the one who's like, you know, I don't want to say like doing the most, but like there are some pivotal team members that like drive the ship just as much as me at Sickbird. So Mm -hmm. I think taking the weight and pressure off yourself and just thinking about the goal rather than the title is probably a lot more beneficial. I love that. So how important is it to have a strong team? The most important ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine's tough because like it's a weird balance of like you we want to work with people who are super creative but then also some people who are more like organized and I'm just now like four years in hiring like very specific jobs for each Mm -hmm. before when I was like new I would be like you can be creative and organized right and that wasn't always the case (laughs) I got myself into a lot of trouble and shit was very messy for a long time but I also think it's like admirable when people can like when you hire people um, and just knowing you and your team, like mm-hmm. uh, like knowing like gaps that you have as a like in in your skill set yeah. and then hiring people who are like because if you can like I've always thought this way, too, if you can hire someone that's like better than you at something, then like yeah. then you that's how you become the best or that's how you guys become the most operational team. And it's um, I think sometimes people get too narrow minded with that. So it's like that's I, I've always thought the best way to for growth for sure. And then in terms of growth and goals. So Sickbird is here now. Where is it going? Where is it flying to? We're flying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're flying to Saudi Arabia next. So oh, wow. we just shot a documentary series in Egypt, which was oh, a lot right. of fun. Yeah. So went to Egypt for a week, shot a docuseries there. Next on our list is going to Saudi Arabia. So just going to attend different different places and highlighting different women in those spots um we're working on a licensing deal with Mm -hmm. delta emirates uh, air canada to have that content like live on the airlines um, as well as working with lionsgate to distribute that content across different fast channels Um, so that's like our big I love company. that you're talking about fast channels. I talk about fast channels at work all the time and nobody knows what they really? are. Yeah. Like I'm here, it's Canada. We're five years behind everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody knows. I go, you know, like you're, when you turn on your television, your Samsung and it yeah. accidentally goes to the dealer no deal channel where it's just like dealer no deal on repeat all day. I know. Which is a wild channel to be on. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. So working on that, we want to, you know, throw a couple more podcasts out there and see what works. So definitely looking to you know collaborate with more creators Mm -hmm. looking to grow on the business front so working with more like brands and studios just to like get their content moving but I would say number one is like more podcasts uh you know do a couple more unscripted shows and just slowly keep growing it like we're definitely in it for like the long game so looking Mm -hmm. at the next like five years in the market um not trying to like quickly sell it and flip it by any means just growing more IP 
I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on Talking no Fast. Problem. It feels so for full circle. I go to Jade for like a lot of questions about all things media, so this is perfect. This is the point in the pod where you get to plug yourself or your company or do whatever you want and leave a final message into your camera. This one? Yep. Um, follow us at Sickbird Productions on Instagram. Uh, you can DM us if you're looking for a job. We're also hiring uh, interns this year. So if you are someone new to the industry, you're looking to get your foot in the door, you'll notice our social media pages are very outdated and we're looking to change that. And we're looking for someone <laughs> to help us with that. So please uh, DM me or you can also DM me on my personal account at It's Shade Watson. Um, and yeah, you can check out our website, sickbirdproduction.com. Uh, you can email me directly from there. My email is hooked up to the contact us. So I will get everything personally and get back to you very soon. Okay. Thank you. You're going to get like 50 or 60 emails of people. Like Izzy's going to be one of them and you have to throw that one out if she <laughs> Izzy, can I take you? <laughs> She's doing her master's. She's a smarty pants. Oh, nice. Welcome back to our voicemail segment where every single week we try and give you the best advice we can and we are so lucky to have Jade sticking around with us for the voicemail segment. We're going to have three questions. We never really know what we're going to get. Sometimes it's like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And then others it's like, what do you think happens after we die? So we don't really <laughs> nice. know what we're going to get. Uh, as a reminder, if you ever want to ask us a question, you can send us a message on Talking Fast Show Instagram or email us at talkingfastshow at gmail.com. Are we ready? We're ready. We're ready. Okay. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have you here. So the first one is, can you talk to marathon training slash race day? I know Jacob has experience and they're speaking about a marathon specifically. I am not training for a marathon. I'm only training for a half marathon. I would like to clarify. We'll see once I do half if I ever want to double that and do a full um, but these two have both ran multiple marathons so maybe talk about marathon training what's like your number one tip for training for a marathon you start because I'm not very good at training so you can, <laughs> you well I came into my first one uh, a little a little uh, cocky I think and mm -hmm. didn't really take the training as seriously as probably someone should so I think first and foremost is just like know and understand that a marathon is a beast mm -hmm. it's a different beast than even a half or well, something yeah, it's like literally that yeah and this the that <laughs> that second half is is uh, rough is rough yeah so i think respect your long run when training like i do mine on the sundays respect that and build it appropriately throughout your training block mm -hmm. do a solid training block like minimum i would say for someone starting out to 16 weeks probably mm -hmm. and run slow on your long runs is the biggest thing a lot of people will hurt themselves or just not have fun or like be a little bit uh, hard on themselves if they're not reaching like time mm -hmm. goals for, you know, oh, we got 16 kilometers this weekend, but I ran it slower than I wanted to. You should be running slow. Let your body build up that base mm -hmm. and you'll feel a lot stronger come race day. How about you? Um, I went and got specific shoes fitted from this place Smart. called like the mm. run room or something like that. Running room. Yeah. Running room in L.A., um, and basically where you like run on a treadmill and then they like monitor your feet. And so I think like really, really supportive like shoes and gear is super important mm -hmm. um, just so that you don't like, you know, have bad knees or like, you know, obviously running super hard on your joints. So I think that that's important. Another thing that I did was I took uh, just like a ton of vitamins. So. I would take like vitamins and supplements just to make sure I was like replenishing my body. And then the last, last thing is uh, I would like ice certain parts of my body if they're like sore mm -hmm. just to help with like inflammation and then also rolling 
uh, things out. So like rolling out your calves and stuff like that after you're done running for me was like a game changer. I'm struggling with the calves. Yeah, no, right we, we, we laugh a little bit. We're just talking about this. I literally how... texted Jacob this morning going like, how do I make myself? I cried today. My calves hurt so <laughs> oh, it's much horrible. Like, in pain. So I ordered a foam roller. I ordered yeah, a Theragun nice. and um, I watched TikToks for 30 minutes while on the ground trying to learn stretches. Everyone's like, wiggle your toes because they're attached to your calves and all that stuff. So just little things like that. Recovery so important. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and one thing that I will never forget was like a big thing was, you know, rolling 100% after was like great, but then doing an active stretch before and then mm-hmm. a legitimate stretch after, not trying to stretch too much first because then you pull stuff, but like active stretch first. It's almost like a warm up. Then you run. Then you stretch. That's all advice I need to take because I'm really bad at. Th- I just like put on my shoes and start running. Yeah. But now that I'm getting bigger <laughs> distances, I can't. Well, for like a 5K, I could do that. Yeah. But for now, like longer distances, get away with I can't it. Yeah. do it. Speaking of 5K, Jake and I literally just decided today when we were recording this episode, and so by this point. It's, it's we're rolling it'll be this weekend yep uh we decided that we're gonna do the talking fast running faster first 5k so this is not a race it is a running group that we're gonna do if you didn't know jacob does a running group actually every single week so he's a professional at this now we're gonna have <laughs> different pace groups so if you're a beginner don't worry and if you've been i don't know maybe watched videos or like you've been wanting to run you have like itch to get back into it definitely come out we're gonna be doing 5k along the waterfront in downtown toronto we're gonna have snacks and drinks and giveaways and music and izzy's gonna be there to be our hype girl it's all good times getting out in the city having a little exercise we're also gonna have jacob's sister take us through a stretch at the beginning yes we've talked about this on the podcast before emma actually basically introduced us via Mm -hmm. sending me a tiktok link to sarah so she's responsible it's coming full circle yeah she's a pilates instructor in the city so she's gonna you know help us out so talking fast running faster it is on saturday august 12th make sure you come out and you can find all the information on our instagram or on my page it is a free event so just make sure you sign up through the not Ticketmaster. just make sure you sign up through the eventbrite link yeah, you should definitely come out. If you're still in the city, we'll you see you there. Come. Yes. Yeah. Um, next question for voicemail. You got it? Voicemail question number two. And I feel like this is maybe targeted at the both of you, or it could be interpreted that way. How are you able to do so many things in a month? And then the person also said they're in awe of your energy. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on if we're doing them well. Um, okay, so I... I've always been of the proponent. So, like example, this is the example I was giving someone the other day. Someone asked me the same question. Um, when I was posting three TikTok videos a day, every single day, I just kept with that, and that was my standard. So I didn't know anything different. The second I went down to two videos, I wasn't. I was never going back to three. Right. Right. Like it's it's just about the consistency of what you're doing. So I've always been a very busy person. Well, at least like post since pandemic life, and since I've just kept up with that, I've never known anything any different. I will say I'm a lot better now thanks to therapy that I now do take breaks for myself and make time for myself. So even though I look really busy, sometimes I, I am finding those pockets of peace for myself in that time. So as an example, it sounds crazy, but airplanes are a really peaceful time for me because I can't be on my phone. I don't buy Wi-Fi or refuse to, and I can just sit there and read my book and shut off my brain and have a nap. And it's truly just me time. I don't talk to people on planes. Um, so although I look busy and I'm like running all over the world or whatever it might be, those are moments where I have to myself where I can create time for myself and I think that's a good recharge time but otherwise I just have always been operating at this level and if I ever stop then I will not go back I'll become a homebody for good but I just think it's about keeping operating how about you because you're very busy you're always jet setting all over the world yeah I'm a big list girl 
So I like, I always have like a ton of different lists. I'll have like a personal calendar and then a work calendar and I operate off of everything off of that. And then I will schedule time in my calendar to take breaks. So I'll like actually, I make breaks like a part of my work week. Like, so it'll be like, you know, maybe I know I have some stuff to do and I like to get ahead of emails on Sunday nights so that Monday I go in and I don't have any scaries and I'm good to go. So like like what I'll do is I'll say, okay, Saturday's my rest day. This is what I want to get done on Saturday, specifically no phone Saturday. And then Sunday I know, okay, this is what I'm doing. So I'll schedule the break so that there it's all like in my calendar. And then list wise, I just kind of keep everything on like a high level list. Um, and then I'm also pretty good at delegating. So that's something I've gotten better at. That's, yeah. that's something Delegation I is need huge, to get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so funny. I'm really good at it in my day job. And yes. I feel like it's because of the way the structure of that company works. In my regular life, I'm very bad at it. So I, it's, that's what I'm, (laughs) Jesus Christ, he's going to kill me. In my regular life, I'm very bad at it. So that's what I'm like trying to learn how to do right now. And I need to be better at calendar. There's, there's, lists are, lists are important, but they're, everyone's different. Like I don't go to the, I don't use a calendar really. But you're like a list guy? I'm a, I use the notes app oh, see, just on my works. phone and I create a to-do list every single day. And then I have like a, to, a daily and then a high level, like what are mm. we doing for the month kind of thing. We'll talk, we'll tackle those when we can kind of get to I always want to ask you this because, uh, so if I text Jacob, what do I have to do today? He'll send me a list. So do you have a list for each different client too on what they have to do? Mm, or is no, that just out of your most brain? Most of it's in the brain. That's and I crazy. think that that's just that's how it crazy. operates. So it's just like if we're managing, yeah. if we're managing <laughs> <I> like... <laughs> say every client has i don't know between five and ten things happening at once little projects it's a lot but it's like easy to kind of i literally just pictured it as like different tabs or like sticky no. notes on your computer and then you just copy and paste it because i asked I for, list I like ask the for the same stuff. things like nine times i go can you send me that again can you send me that brief again maybe it's just the repetition <laughs> i just like know how to access it so quickly yeah that's true <laughs> that's so interesting it's just like whatever works for you right so our final question for voicemail, I think it's really good because you've actually moved away to a new city. Uh, so the question was specifically any tips on working and moving to Toronto as a new grad, but I think you could also give tips on moving to a new city because I think maybe, I don't know, if someone went to Guelph or Western or whatever, they've never moved to a new city before and now like Toronto obviously being like the Mecca in Canada, what are those first steps? What is the best tips that you guys could give to someone looking to move to a new city right after school? So their babies are only like 22. Yeah, I would like just definitely start, um, you know, getting involved in activities that feel good for you. So whether that's like joining a gym or whether Mm -hmm. that's like, you know, going to concerts or like just involving yourself in things that you're really, you know, excited about outside of work. So something that I did when I first moved to L.A. is I, you know, started like I joined a gym there and became friends with the people that I would do like a workout with every Monday and just sort of slowly like building up those communities. Um, And so I would say don't be afraid to sort of like say hi to someone who's like in maybe a workout class with you or, you know, say hi to someone um, if you're going out and trying different things and don't be afraid to do things alone too. Like I know Mm -hmm. that that's is sometimes really, really scary for people, but even if it's something as simple as like just going to the coffee shop by yourself or like going for a long walk around a city by yourself, you'll see a lot more and like get a feel and pulse for what's going on around you, especially in Toronto. Toronto is such a walking city Mm -hmm. that like even just walking around, I'm sure you'll find like 
cool restaurants or coffee shops or places that you'll want to check out. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my tip is like anything that can break you out of like establishing a routine. A routine's great, obviously, on the work side of things. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get bogged down in that, you're not really exploring your city. You're not meeting new people, mm-hmm. which is also so important for avoiding burnout and just having a community and being able to, you know, essentially be happy, hopefully, while you're working. But yeah, trying a new coffee shop, taking a different route home. I'm a huge, huge, hugely in favor of, of anything that can break your routine. I also went on like so many dates when I first moved out. Like, <laughs> Just join Hinge. No, I'm not joking. That like was so fun. Like I would, and I would tell people that I was dating, like, oh, I'm new to LA, and they'd always try to take me to like the cool spots yeah. or something. Oh, that's, that's a little so bit different. Smart. So I went to like a Lakers game. I went to a hockey game. I went to like a I ton of different that. like restaurants, and like that was really actually like fun and easy so that was like and if you have a partner already and you're moving with someone then you can just go on dates together so i would say going on dates was like a big way that i got to know la my friend just moved back to toronto and she's been going on dates and then if the date whatever hasn't worked out we just she'll be like oh i found this really cool spot and then we go to the spot (laughs) after so i'm now pseudo discovering new parts of toronto which is so fun i would say my biggest piece of advice is think about what you prioritize when you're moving to a city so if you're somebody that um wants to be close to work then prioritize that when you're looking to budget for like tangibly moving and trying to figure that out if you're someone that you don't want to be close to work and you're fine with that then like maybe you can afford a bigger place living a little bit further away in like a different neighborhood um but you will be taking the ttc every single day so just think about what you prioritize when it comes to your work-life balance how close to work you want to be how close to your friends you want to be um i think like what a lot of people in the city do is take more than they live close to their friends and then they can like walk to work or get to work another way so just make sure you know what you're prioritizing when you're moving here because that's how you're going to figure out your budget too when figuring out like where am I going to live how many roommates am I going to need and like do I need to buy a TTC pass yeah that's a good one one. thank you so much Jade for joining us again um if you guys are not subscribed already on all of the things what are you doing please subscribe to talking fast give us five stars all those things that everybody says to do um And we will be back here next Wednesday, just like every single week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.